0: This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Vollmeranz comes to you from Christian Family Church International. All right, we were looking at the appearance of angels and we are dealing with the cherubims. Cherubims have two sets of wings. Their ministry is to guard the throne, therefore, they are very often called guardian angels. All right. Let's continue from Ezekiel 1, verse 4. As I looked, I saw a great storm coming toward me from the north, driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. The fire inside the cloud glowed like gleaming amber. From the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human, except that each had four faces, and two pairs of wings. Their legs were straight like human legs, but their feet were split like calves' feet and shone like burnished bronze. And beneath each of their wings I could see human hands. The wings of each living being touched the wings of the two beings beside it. The living beings were able to fly in any direction without turning around. Each had a human face in front, the face of a lion on the right-hand side, the face of an ox on the left-hand side, and the face of an eagle at the back. Each had two pairs of outstretched wings. One pair stretched out to touch the wings of the living beings on either side of it, and the other pair covered its body. They went in whatever direction the Spirit chose. And they moved straight forward in all directions without having to turn around. The living being looked like bright coals of fire or brand torches. And it looked as though lightning was flashing back and forth among them. And the living beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning. Imagine how fast they were moving. Praise the Lord. These are amazing, amazing angels. Right, now let's talk about our guardian angels that take care of us as humans. Each child born on the earth is given an angel to watch over them. Every child born on earth is given an angel to watch over them. Matthew 18 verse 2. Jesus called a small child over to him and put the child among them. Verse 6. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trust in me to lose faith, it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around the neck. So Jesus is saying, anyone that causes a child to not believe in Jesus, it's better for that person to throw that kid, throw you, yourself, into the sea with a millstone around your neck. And that's heavy. It weighs a lot. Made of stone. Verse 10, please. Beware that you don't despise a single one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven... Watch this. In heaven, their angels, their angels, are always in the presence of my Father, my Heavenly Father. So... It is God's plan for the angel to stay with the person throughout their entire lifetime. Now, given the angel at birth, and the angel stays with them their whole lifetime. If, however, the person does not get born again, at the age of understanding, which is usually about seven years of age, that angel has to leave that person. So a child grows up, And he doesn't get told about Jesus. At the age of seven, when he comes to the age of understanding, and now he's accountable for his sins. We know that children sin. We know that. If you believe your your, your child doesn't make a mistake and doesn't do it deliberately sometimes, then you need help. I've seen my grandkids, boy. They can sometimes deliberately disobey you. So, Thank God, mostly they're very good. I'm proud of them. But kids, when they grow up at some age, they can disobey. you, And of course, they sin. But they're not held accountable by God. The sin doesn't get accounted to them. But when they reach the age of understanding, and then they make the wrong choices and wrong decisions and do something wrong, they are accountable. And when they sin, then they die spiritually. In other words, the Spirit of God leaves them and they're left in death, spiritual death. All right, and the angel has to leave as well. And so what happens then? Well, a demon comes and takes the place of the angel. You can see that in Ephesians 2 verse 1. I can show you this in the Bible right here. Ephesians 2 1. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins, talking about Christians, believers, here in Ephesus. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your many sins. Now he's not saying you were physically dead in a grave. He's saying you were dead spiritually. God had left you. You were on your own, an eternal being without God's life in you. All right? Dead in your sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world. You used to live. Now, you, you know, now you're Christians, of course. But you used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin obeying Satan. See that? Full of sin obeying Satan. So the rest of the world obeys Satan. That's what we just read. Now who is this talking about? It's not talking about children. It's talking about from the age of understanding until somebody gets born again, or unless they did not get born again. If they did not get born again, then they are obeying Satan. The Bible said the whole world is obeying Satan, full of sin. And then the Bible says, I'll read that verse again, Used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He's in the atmosphere about us with his demons. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So demons are at work in the hearts of the unsaved. You can see that again in 1 John 5, 19. There's a second witness. We know that we are children of God. Praise the Lord. We are born of the spirit of God. We are children of God. And that the world around us is under the power and control of the evil one. Who's the evil one? The devil. So the whole world around us is under the power and the control of Satan. So demons control people's lives. People are puppets. Puppets. And Satan is the puppet master. Now, that's two verses I've given you, two scriptures. Here's number three, 2 Corinthians verse 4. So here 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Write that down. And here's the fourth one. John 8, 44. So there's four. I can give you many more, but we're not going to have time for all that. I have believed, I do believe I've convinced you that it's in the Bible that demons are the God of the unsaved person. All right, Satan is the God and Lord of the unsaved and the Father. But we are not in, the, in his kingdom. We've been transferred out, Colossians 1.13, out of Satan's kingdom and placed in Christ's kingdom. Now, what do angels do for you? Firstly, according to Matthew 18, angels are assigned to stay with us throughout our entire lifetime. That was God's first prize plan that we just read it. Angels were assigned to stay with us throughout our lifetime. And if we get born again as children, then of course, they do. They do stay with us. And since angels are with us now because we are believers in Christ, the demons have left, the angels came back. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord camps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Say that with me. The angels of God camp around me to protect me and deliver me. Say this. My angel is standing next to me right now. And he is. Say this. My angel protects me and delivers me from all harm at all times. And He does. If we say it, we allow Him to do it. Psalm 91, 11 is another verse confirming that. For God will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Just like we heard in part one, where Jesus mentioned us to the angels. What's He doing? He's commanding them to protect us because we are His servants working for Him. And we are his children. Amen. All right. Now, what we have just seen or read is only part of the ministry of angels on our behalf. The protection and provision of angels on our behalf is limited. Say that the ministry of angels on our behalf is limited. Why is that? Because of our words. Because of our words. When we boldly proclaim the Word of God in our confessions, angels are free and totally unhindered by demons, totally unhindered by evil spirits. They can carry out the words of our mouth without any hindrance. If we fail to declare something, or if we say something negative, then angels are paralyzed and demons are released. Angels are spirit beings sent from God to work for you. Hebrews 1.14 tells us so. It says, Angels are ministering spirits sent, for, sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. So notice that the angels are sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. It didn't say to those as much as for those. The word minister in the Greek is the word diakonia. That's the Greek word. And the English interpretation is serving as a servant. Or you might say to work. So that's the ministry of the angel. The NIV translation says it this way, Hebrews 1.14, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So say that with me. Angels are sent to serve me because I have inherited salvation because I'm a believer in Jesus. Praise the Lord. A perfect example of this is a waiter in a restaurant. They don't minister to you when they come to your table to to serve you. They minister for you. The Bible says in Revelation 19, verse 10, And I, John, fell at the feet of the angel to worship the angel. But the angel said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. I am your servant, the angel said to John. And not only yours, and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. I'm the servant of all those who are believers in Jesus. That's what the angel said. Then he said, worship God. Revelation 22.10 Another scripture just like that one we just read. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. When I saw and heard, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. I am the servant of all those who keep the words of the book. I am the servant of those who are doers of the Bible. So notice particularly, the angel serves those who keep the words of this book. Now, Psalm 103.20, will throw a little more light on that, It said, Bless the Lord, you, his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. The angels do his word and heed the voice of his word. Now, just think about that. Hold your Bible up against your ear. What do you hear? Hopefully you can hear nothing. God's Word has no voice until you speak it from your mouth. So we have to give God's Word a voice and then the angels can act on it. Let's say this together. Angels are around me waiting to hear my words. Say this. They are excited and thrilled at the opportunity of serving God when I speak the Word of God. Say this, All around me are demons and evil spirits who tremble when I speak the Word of God. The demons say this, the demons want me to speak my fears. They want me to speak my confusions. They want me to say things about people bad things, negative things, so they can bring division and cause harm. Whenever we say anything bad about somebody, the demons have the authority to go and bring division and strife. We give them authority. We stop the the angels from helping us to bring peace and unity. Now then, say this, they want me to say bad things about people, so they can bring division and strife and cause harm. Say this, I am very aware that my words are filled with power. The vast heavenly realm around me is filled with spirit beings, say it, who are carefully watching my every word. Say this, they are carefully watching my every word. Matthew 18, 18. He has confirmation of what I just said from the mouth of Jesus. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth with your words will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth with your words will be loosed in heaven. What's that saying? That's saying whatever you say, angels or demons are going to act on it. Whether you realize it or not, they are. Now the same verse in the New Living Translation says it this way. Jesus said, I'll tell you this. Whatever you prohibit on earth is prohibited in heaven. Whatever you allow on earth is allowed in heaven. So powerful. The heavenly realm is full of the, the heavenly realm is full of angelic beings, and evil spirits, who are waiting for words from the earth, words from your mouth. Praise the Lord. Here are some interesting points that we should know about angels. Number one, angels travel at the speed of thought. Much faster than the speed of light. Number two, angels are finite. What's that mean? That means angels are limited. They have limitations. God is infinite or infinite. God has no limitations. With God, all things are possible. Number three, angels are celestial. What's that mean? That means angels are heavenly beings. Number four, angels defy the laws of matter. In other words, they do not have to go around walls. They go right through walls. Angels are not burnt by fire. Number five, angels are not limited to natural laws. We are limited to natural laws. Angels are not limited to the laws of nature. Let's see that in the Bible, Acts 12, verse 2. Herod arrested Peter during the Passover celebration and imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. All right? So there's 16 soldiers looking after one man. Remember, they had already seen him come out of jail and they couldn't figure that out. So now they've got 16 soldiers outside the jail. Now verse 6 says, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, chained between two soldiers, with others standing guard at the prison gate. So inside the jail, now the jail is locked obviously, inside the jail there are two prison guards and they each got Whatever they got, chains on the, their wrists and chains on Peter. So Peter's going nowhere without dragging these two <laughs> prison guards with, them, with him. Can you imagine this? All right, they're not taking any chances. Verse 7 Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. Now Peter's sleeping. <laughs> Obviously, he's really stressed about this, eh? Hey? You can see that. All right, so Peter's sleeping. And the angel tapped him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your sandals, and he did. Look at the instructions the angel was giving Peter. Now, put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell, followed the angel, but all the time he thought he, was in a, he thought he was seeing a vision. I'll read that again. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was really happening. So can you imagine Peter's now, these two gods have fallen asleep next to him and were standing there. They don't see Peter walk out. They might have gone through the gate, I don't know. The gate might have opened and walked out the cell. He gets outside, all the other guards are standing there, he walked right past them, they do not even see him. So Peter left the cell, found the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision, he didn't realize it was really happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate to the streets. And this opened to them all by itself. Now, can you imagine that? Peter's walking towards this gate, this big, huge steel gate, and it just opens up. He doesn't see anybody there. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left them. Very interesting. They can walk through walls. They can do anything. They can hide us from our enemies, make us disappear. Isn't that wonderful? All right, number six. Well, I believe we're going to see a lot of this in these end times among all of us. Here we go. Number six. The intelligence of angels is superior to that of man in our natural state. Number seven. The strength of angels is far stronger than man's in man's natural state. Remember when Daniel was cast alive into the lion's den. Daniel 6 verse 16. So last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you worship continually, rescue you. You see, the king realized that Daniel was framed. And the king loved Daniel. He was faithful, reliable. Verse 19. Very early the next morning, the king hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you worship continually, able to rescue you from the lions. So he's shouting this down into the lion's den. And Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they could not hurt me. So one angel came down there and the lions couldn't touch Daniel. He probably put his head on the lion's tummy and had a good sleep. All right, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 tells us that angels are greater in power and might than the natural man. This, um, in, our, in Isaiah chapter 36, the king of Assyria came to attack King Hezekiah, who was the king of Judah. The king of Assyria mocked God. He mocked King Hezekiah of Judah and made arrogant threats of how he would destroy Jerusalem. The king of Assyria had already destroyed and conquered many nations. He was greatly feared by everybody. King Hezekiah went into the temple to seek the Lord. Then God spoke to prophet Isaiah, who brought the message of encouragement to King Hezekiah of Judah. Isaiah 37 verse 36 That night the angel of the Lord went out to the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian troops. When the surviving Assyrians woke up the next morning, they found corpses everywhere, Then the king of Assyria broke camp and returned to his own land. Verse 38. One day, while he was worshipping in the temple of his god, Nisroth, his sons killed him with their own sword. So a bad ending for a proud, arrogant man. Yes, one angel stronger than 185,000 soldiers. And each one of us in this room or listening to the sound of my voice watching us now has at least one angel protecting us at all times. Praise God for that. Number 8. Angels have their home in heaven even though they spend most of their time on the earth. Genesis 28 verse 12 As Jacob slept he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth to heaven and he saw the angels of God going up and coming down on the stairway. Many angels spend most of their time on the earth because they work on the earth. That's why the angels go up and then down. The Bible says we need to confirm everything worth two or three witnesses, so I'd like to give you another scripture to establish this as being a doctrine. All right, this time go to the New Testament, John 1: 149. Nathaniel replied, "Teacher, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel." Then Jesus said, "The truth is, Nathaniel, you will all see heaven open." And the angels of God going up and down upon the Son of Man. So we see the angels go up and come down. Why? Because they spend most of the time on earth serving us. All right. In conclusion, number one, angels can instruct us. They can help us in everyday life. They can help us and do help us in our ministries. And all of us have a ministry. Number two about angels. How effective are they? That depends on us speaking positively and not negatively. Number three. Our words of faith will mobilize the angels and paralyze the demons. They will carry out our instructions. Our words of doubt, fear, anger... And frustration will mobilize demons and paralyze our angels. So as we close, I'd like to leave these thoughts with you. Think about your words. Because your words will determine the quality of your life. And the help and encouragement and strength you get from your angels. Or it'll determine the amount of harassment you allow demons to Influent, uh, to inflict in your life. Demons can inflict your life, your family, your work, everything you do because of your words. All right, family, I believe got, we won't do that again. Right? Amen. So, Pastor and I love you. We are praying for you. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. How many of you here would say, Apostle Theo, I want to be sure I wake up in heaven, not in hell. I need to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. Can you help me? Yes, I can. Say this little prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. He was punished for my sins so I can be forgiven. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Thank you, Lord. I declare you are the Lord of my life. And I'll live for you with all my heart until I see you face to face. Thank you for saving me, accepting me as your child. Praise God, I'm bound for heaven. All right, family. Pray for us. We are praying for you. We love you. And we hope to see you soon. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God.